following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Your father-in-law is a boss, but in any case, you don't want a boss like Lavan is not exactly the nicest boss. And we'll see, there are actually halachot learned out from how we see um, Jacob um, in his relationship with his father-in-law, who was his boss, um, things that he said which will affect the halacha, as we'll see. Are, are you being tongue-in-cheek that you don't want your father-in-law as your... I mean, you're, you're not getting that from any of this. Yeah, no, I'm saying, listen, part of it was the fact that love got in the way. And that, that's not Allah, I'm just saying, my, that's my personal opinion, um, knowing my father no. um, So, um, the, the, so yeah, you know, listen, to each his own, I don't know, but I'm saying, in this particular case, it was clear that because Lovin was his father-in-law and love was involved, his daughter was involved, that was obviously had an effect. As a matter of fact, originally when it, when it starts, the working relationship starts, um, it says very clearly, originally Lovin says, listen, really, you know, it sounds like, she'll be working for free for me. But I'll do you a favor because, you know, listen, I'm not going to have you just work for free. So, uh, so he, he also says, you know, I'll pay you a little. So, you know, whenever love and uh, work mix, not a good thing. Um, I'm sure you've... Uh, Figure that out by now. Um, so I'll read you the second because I don't have all the verses there. So it starts off. Um, well, he asks Yaakov, as we know, meets Rachel at the well. Um, and he meets her at the well. Then he comes, she brings him home. And. Uh, he says, Vayomer Lavan. So, so Vayav Yaakov Rachel. The Torah says this is in chapter 29, verse 18. It says, Yaakov loved Rachel. Vayomer, Evadcha Sheva Shanim Barachel Bitchaktan. It was his, it was his deal. He asked, told Lavan, I'll, I'll work for you for seven years um, to get your younger daughter, Rachel. Vayomer Lavan. Lavan says to him, Tov Titi Osatlach. I'll do you a favor. He says, It's better that I give her to you. And to give it to someone else. Listen, you want it? Okay, I'll give it to you. Better, better you than someone else. Um, after seven years, that you're with me. So he says, listen, you want it? You got to work for seven years. Okay. So what does Yaakov answer? It says, Yaakov He worked for her for seven years. It was like says the seven years seemed to him a few days. It's a question. The the commentaries discuss is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Um, was it because of love that it felt like so short, or on the contrary, it was more of like a tongue in cheek? Um, so it's a question exactly how to interpret that passage. And then after seven years, okay, you know, where's the goods? I worked for seven years. Where's my wife? So the yes of Lavan is called Shemakam, says um, Lavan gathered all the people and made a party. And of course, he, then he, as we know, there was the switcheroo, he gives him Leah. Um, afterwards, you can, the next morning, Yaakov is obviously not a happy camper. Okay. Um, and by the way, Rachel herself was involved in the trick. Because Rachel gave her sister the signs out of mercy for her. Um, she felt bad for her and she gave her sister the signs. And the Medrash explains that actually she was in the bedroom under the bed um, because otherwise, listen, they were dating for seven years. You think he would have known, right? But it says he didn't realize until the morning. So it says, the Medrash explains that actually Rachel was under the bed and she was making noises that, that Yaakov should think it's really, uh, it's, uh, it's Rachel. Okay, so that's what the measure says. What do you say? It's a sad story? Story. A what? 
good stories. Screwy stories. Stories. Okay. Um, Lovin says, So so, he, so the next morning, Yaakov comes to Lovin and says, well, What's going on here? Right, it says, Ayiba um, Boker in the morning, he finds out it was Leah. He wakes up and it's the wrong woman. What did you do to me? It's interesting that you don't, he's not screaming at, his, at Rachel, um, he's screaming at the father, even though she was involved. Um, I worked for Rachel. So, why have you tricked me? Why have you deceived me? So, Lavan says, listen, you, you went against the custom. Custom in our land is we first, the older daughter gets married and then the younger one. So, you wanted Rachel, you have to take Leah first. Okay, so so he says. So then, Lavan says to Mali Shavuazot, "Do another seven years, work for me. And I'll give you all, give you also her for your work. Another seven years. So Yaakov stuck. He loves Rachel. So he says, Yes, Yaakov came. So he did so. Mali Shavuazot. He worked another seven years. Okay, so then this is the part that's relevant to us. Um, Okay, so then the, the pressure breaks for them to have 12 kids together. Yaakov now has 11, uh, 11 children um, with his two wives and two maidservants. Okay, because each wife comes with a maidservant um, that they want, because they, they, by the way, this is just a fascinating thing, they realize that they're going to have the future of, of Kal Yisrael, the future of the Jewish nation, depend on them. So they're going to have, they, they all knew that there were going to be 12 tribes in the future from Yaakov. So each one is vying to have the most children to be part of the most of the twelve. And how are we so, going to assume that the maid servants were all monotheists? That's a good question. I, I, I'm assuming if you married them, the children with them they were, but it's not. Well, he didn't marry the maid servants, did he? Well, he married them, but he had children with them. So you're right. It's a good question. I, I we don't. I don't know if it's that discussed. It's a very. It's a very valid point. Um, but it doesn't mean. Uh, I mean, they theoretically came from idol worship. Yeah. Well, Rahel, Rachel, and Leah, Laban was also an idol worship, as we see at the end of the passion. She steals his idols. Right. Means. So I mean, they're all pagans. Everyone was pagan at the time. The issue was more, and this is we're not getting into the side topic. Was the match was more about midot, being acts of kindness. Were they good people? Less than their beliefs, because everyone was pagan at the time. Okay. Um, so after all the children and very tragic story of course Rachel as we know was infertile she doesn't have children after Leah is pregnant for the seventh time Rachel gets pregnant for the first time so she's only able to have two of the twelve tribes okay so so that's a whole story unto itself very tragic this is after again she was the main love here she was Yaakov's main wife and she gave over the signs to her sister out of mercy for her sister. So her sister has seven children, she's stuck, can't get pregnant, not getting pregnant at all. She cries to Yaakov, um, how, how, she says, if I don't have children, I'm like dead. She says, I'm considered dead. Um, and, uh, and Yaakov, in, as all in men are insensitive, as we know, says to her, what do you want from me? It's not my fault, speak to God. Right, so that's a side parenthetical story, which we're not going to get into. Um, very tragic. Yaakov was having a good time. Man, he, he, if he loved Rachel so much, he would have just stopped right there and then. But just, a guy has to do what a guy has to do. No, I'm saying he knew he, he had 12 tribes. No, no, no. He spent the night with... He knew it was the wrong woman. When? The first night? Yes. 
Well, that's the Medrash doesn't agree with you. Well, the Medrash is written by the bunch of smart men. <laughs> anyway, that's not going. That's not going. They're wise influencing. Okay, so uh, so what happens after the whole story? Um, so this is the part we want to get to. We need to speed it up because a lot to learn. Um, so it says. So this is the sentence. So Yaakov says to Lavan, this is on, um, quoted here in the sources, Yaakov says, um, again, Lavan tries to, to, uh, to trick him. Lavan says, you know, no, you want to, you still can't leave yet. Doesn't want, Lavan doesn't want to leave you. He's already married. He's fourth, again, it's 14 years. He's going on 21 years. He's working for his father. His father says he can't, he's not paying him. He's not, keeps on changing the deal on him. So it says like this, um, Jacob, it says, Vayishlach, Vayishma is everybody, Lavan, and uh, so Yaakov is now talking to Rachel, he says, we got to get out of here, I had enough of my father-in-law, we need to leave. So he says to Rachel and Leah, he says, Vayomerlam, um, this is verse 5, he says, and I see the face of your father, okay, um, I've noticed your father's position is not towards me, obviously, Finally, Yaakov figured it out. He says he obviously clearly doesn't like me. Okay, he and anyway, I like it most of It's not like when we started this relationship. And things aren't going well. And he says, you know, he's talking to his two wives. You know that I used all my might. I served your father. That means when I was working for him, I did everything I can. I was the best employee you could you can ever have. You guys know that. He doesn't agree. He's not going to agree. But you know that I was the best employee. And your father mocked me. He changed my wages a hundred times. It means he said he's giving me this. Then he, you know, he, he today would say he Jewed me. Right. I didn't have that expression yet. But that's what they would say then. Right. And God didn't permit him to harm me. He wanted to harm me, but God didn't let him. Okay, so basically, so he makes, so he gets into this whole new deal that he made, that he makes with Lavan, but then he escapes. As we know, he leaves, and that's the famous story. He, Lavan comes chasing them, he wants to kill him. God comes to him in a dream and says, you better not, don't mess with Yaakov. Okay, so that's the story. So, so this is the key, two key verses here, as we'll see. So the, the question is, and this is where they're going to bring proofs from this, the Rambam, Emmanuel, brings proof from this verse of Yaakov, of how, what type of employee Yaakov was, is how an employee needs to act, okay? And how a boss needs to act. So, what I put in is a few crazy scenarios, not so crazy, um, which is one is, you know, there's, there's two issues that I saw discussed when it comes to a boss. One is something today they call FaceTime. It's actually been in the news a lot, news a lot yesterday, which I think it was Yahoo and Google used to have that you can work from the house, you can commute, they don't care. You bring your kids to work. You can, they have now naps during work time. And recently, they changed their uh, their uh, their um, whole philosophy. We have to be in the office. So it used to be if you uh, work for, uh, I think it was both Yahoo and Google, you can work from the house. It's very chilled. Uh, as long as you're, you know, you're productive, that's all we care about. Okay. Recently, they changed their their rules, um, and they require what's called FaceTime. You need to be in the office X amount of hours. Okay, even if you're producing. So this is really question number one. Halachically, if, if an employee is producing, okay, can I require FaceTime? Do I have to say, can I say you have to be in the office 
X amount of time. I don't care what you know what your production is. That's question number one. Um, how does that work? Um, right. So I have scenario number one is I expect you to be at your desk all day. No coffee breaks. Only brag, brown bag lunches in your cubicle. Okay. So so how how far? The real question is it's a it's a larger question here, which is obviously whenever you're hiring an employee. Um, I think most most of us are bosses. Okay. So we're coming from the boss perspective and but it's both perspective, the employee and the and the owner's perspective, the employer's perspective is when you're negotiating with a, a contract with an employee, you never do, you don't discuss most of these details of what's gonna happen in the office. The rules of the office are not discussed. So you the contract is usually about X amount of um, hours per week, right? Uh, you know, you're not discussed the nitty gritty. In the contract, you don't discuss, uh, you know, how long your lunch break is going to be, well, it's per actually, se. It's, there is a law for that. There's it's exempt employees and non-exempt employees. If it's a hourly employee, there is a certain rule for that. If you're an exempt employee, it's something For, for so how much lunch? Oh, absolutely. Yes, okay, but, but I'm talking about, let's say, you know, coffee breaks and how much face time do we, you know, how much do you have to stay in your cubicle, you know, how much... Little things like that are not always yeah. discussed during contract negotiations, at least in my business. But, but if you hire a clerical person who is um, yeah, okay. on so exam, those things you, you discuss. Okay, so depending on, uh, listen, first of all, each state has different laws. I don't know, I'm not familiar with the Texas, all the laws, but most, a lot of the nitty-gritty is not as discussed. If you're going to tell someone, let's say, uh, the question is you, you contracted, put the food down there. Um, you contract with someone, and then afterwards you tell them, by the way, you, we don't have, uh, you can have lunch break, but it has to be in the office. Sure. Right. So that's usually not discussed in the country. Am I, is that true? What? I mean, she's right. There's a lot of things yeah. specifically set by state law, but right. But things that right, are not set by the state that law. You know, how many? How many? Can you make personal phone calls during work time or not? No. Yes. Right. That's not discussed in state law. No, that's but it is discussed in in an interviews. But this, uh, this is the culture. Uh, you're a tough boss, man. We discussed <laughs> yeah, that with you. Like if that uh, uh, personal phone calls. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, you're most people. You may, you're strict. You're strict. Listen, my, uh, my board member works for the largest uh, insurance company in the world. And their policy, which discussed in the interviews, there are no cell phones on the job, ever. There's okay, no so mo I, I think most people don't for discuss that because you're scared. Yeah. For, that's for everyone. But that's for that's everyone. a pretty strict. Hmm? No personal email. During the workday. No use of internet, no use of... Um, and I can't make happy. Why do you say that? It wouldn't be difficult to enforce. Like, oh, okay. Well, but, and, and then there is this 70% of uh, loss of time when people are cruising the internet. So when... This is something that we learn in, in our leadership management classes that if it's if it's the rule, if it's the culture of your company, then you need to inform somebody you're bringing on from top to bottom. It applies to everyone. That's how it is. And that's what's expected. And people usually do, you know. Right, so the, no, the question is, you're right. It would be a great thing if every everyone, every company would do that before hiring. But the bottom line is most companies don't. The question is, can I now spring it on the employees? If you didn't bring it up well, in the like original contract, mm -hmm. can I now tell the employee, well, this is the rule? That's really the question. Meaning, how does it work? And we're talking legally, I don't know the law, I'm talking about from the halakha viewpoint. If you didn't bring something up in the contract, 
and now all of a sudden you, you say, well, if you work for this company, this, there's no personal emails, no personal phone calls. Um, you know, you, you only have three bathroom visits a day. How far, meaning what can you do if you didn't bring it up before? Is it, is it okay? Or is, 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 that a, is, is it okay to bring it up? It's a dual state, yes. An employee can do that. Legally, okay. What's the right thing to do? And halakhically, is it, is it okay? I'm not, I'm not an attorney. I don't know the law. Law, you could probably do whatever. Yeah, you could fire someone. Of course, you can fire someone. But, right. So, so the question is, if you have, a, there, there are these bosses out there. I don't want to um, say, mention names. But I'm saying there are bosses who are very aggressive. Um, and you're saying, like, you can't, it's very hard to, uh, to enforce it. It's not true. I mean, today, first of all, they have programs that track every click on your internet. Well, your yeah, computer. But not so many times you talk can't about track this. Your cell phone. No, but they Unless could. They, take it away they could them. have the boss can come around and listen to your conversations and outside well. your cub- cubicle. Or if he knows, you know, and I've had this many times. I'm speaking to someone at work and all of a gotta go, gotta go, right? Because the boss yeah, obviously can stand the guy hangs up on me is because the boss just came around and, and he's on a personal phone call. So the question is, you have bosses that will do that. And they, they really, any boss knows when, you, when I know when I see an employee yeah. really hanging up the phone when I come around, that means that they, they were on personal vocal. Right? You know, I have it with my cleaning lady, the same thing. You know, any that's, so there are ways of enforcing that. You can, there are bosses who keep track, and, you know, they come around every time it's personal vocal, they put a check next to the guy's name, and the next time you're negotiating salary <laughs> with the guy, they show the checks by his name. Right? So, uh, do you do that? What? Check? Check. You know. uh-huh. No, but so we, but we, no, but we. There was a, a moment where uh, my CEO realized that some of the stuff, and they're very hard working. We spend too much time on internet and and cell phones, and we send an email, and uh, now it's it's monitored very closely because. Uh, so the now they open cell phone during the No cell phones. Cell phones well, only their wife emergency. Have huh? their wife we have landlines still. So the wife calls if the only if it's an emergency. So that's that's the point is call an emergency. <laughs> Thank God I don't or want we to have lunch. That. No, then you take lunch. Mm. Go and call. You let you think he calls you every hour and hour? Oh, I shut my phone off. She would, but I should. <laughs> what is it? I think Texas every three hours you get to take a fifteen minute break? Four, two or four hours. Four, four hours. hours. Yeah. So it's required by law. And a lunch average. Eight hours or eight hours. Now lunch, just lunch, ha- you have to allow them to leave. Let's say the guy says, you can't leave the office, you have to brown bag. And lunch. Is that legal? Time. We, uh, I don't think they can do, but you do that. I, unless they pay you for lunch. If he pays yeah. you to be there for lunch. Oh, so we're talking about lunch. Thing. If you get lunch off, Yeah, so they're talking about that. Lunch is not paid. So if you get a half hour break, that's not enough time to go and come, so you're living in the same You're probably telling them that if there's a reason. Right. Like uh, you're in a confined workspace for security issues or something. No, right. I want to be more productive. Usually, Rabbi, more it, in my case, it's not the it's not us, the employers, who break the covenant. It's the employees. <coughs> you tell them everything, they sign, they get a job, and two weeks later, no, I can't go there, it's too dark after seven. Oh, no, this is too... There. They s- they signed the contract and then they're trying to change everything. Oh, okay. That's so that's what I'm saying. If they signed the contract and they know what they're getting into, that's not the case. Well, talking about if they didn't know what they were getting into, also they come into this work environment that's extremely, you know, very, I don't know what the word is. And you cannot foresee every circumstance. You cannot. It's 
it, you cannot foresee any situation um, that will occur. And so you hope that people you hire have a sense of what's appropriate, what's not, and the bosses just have the no, fair-minded So well. that case, for sure, the question is we're talking about what, what's appropriate, what restrictions is it appropriate for a boss to put? How far can a boss take? That's really what we're addressing. Uh, attire, hours, um, not bringing dogs to work. I, I, this is what I walked into 13 years ago. You know, I mean, they were not. A nice white collar product. I think what we're talking about so is more along the lines. Of yes. I mean, back then is half. Right. Or well, well, people when I walked into. No, but yeah, but still, it's the same. You know, it's meaning, can I change the rules after the contract? Can I add new restrictions? That's really the question. Yes, That's the question at the end. So, so if you can, it's. White so collar, blue collar, it's irrelevant. You're hired for one thing and then the boss changes the rules? No. No, no, no. You're you hired, but them. the details are never discussed in the country. You never told him that he could only go to the bathroom three times a day. Okay? You never told him that uh, there's no coffee. In this office, there's no coffee. You don't allow coffee breaks because people, uh, it's not productive. And then on the, on the employee, not the employer? Because the employee. No, the employer is making the rules. That's right. So that's what I'm saying. So you're discussing the employer. It's your fault. Yeah, but I'm saying again, how strict, the question is, how crazy can a boss go, an employee that's considered valid, halachically, and, and legal? It's his money, he can go as crazy as he wants. You don't have to work there. No, that's not the way it works. If I made a contract, there's certain <coughs> accepted norms that you can't, we're going to talk about that. So let's, let's see, right. let's see what the Torah says. Sure Dave, sure that's why. Really that's why. He didn't come. I have a feeling. That's why he's not here. He's anti-employee rights. Totally. I've watched a lot of him actually. I think he conveniently sitting in his office. Listen to him for a couple of years. Never, you'll never fire anyone again without saying anything. Classifying. He, uh, Today's your last day. Thank you very much for your service. He always says it like once a year, he does it. <laughs> it's actually right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's Nobody see. Calls in, so Listen to my man. Nothing. Nothing. You give the dates. You give the dates yeah. of work. That's, that's all. That's most people do, actually, yeah. I think. Just give the dates of work and that's it. There is another for somebody who I really liked, uh, mm -hmm. respected, and was happy that they, you know, went on to find something else. It's usually the case. Okay, okay, okay we're getting off topic, fantastic. we're getting off topic. But I, I need to... But if I don't, <laughs> then this is... Just toss it So we'll know that no answer at all means you hate it. It means that I won't rehire them. That's what it means. I mean, when people say, would you rehire them, that's one other question. And you don't have to answer, or you say no, or you, or you say absolutely. So that's how you know if people did a good job. Because you cannot tell whether they did a good job or not when people only give, because most companies right now only give the dates of employment. That's mm -hmm. it. And from that, you cannot derive it's good or bad, because this is the positive. Okay, okay, okay. I can't find the verse. I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out here, Rabbi. I'm <laughs> really? killing people. This is filler. Exactly. Exactly. We're running out of time. Rabbi. Okay, so let's, let's see what Maimonides says. Maimonides says, number three here on the bottom of page number one, says a worker is not permitted to work at night and hire, we, we actually discussed this in a different class we discussed once about off-duty conduct of employees but this it's the same Maimonides he mentions says like this a worker is not permitted to work at night and hire himself out during the day it means you can't if you're if you're moonlighting or your day job affects your other job and you were hired to do X and by moonlighting off hours it's going to affect you're not sleeping enough 
that's prohibited, says my manager. Mm-hmm. You can't do that because you're a contract for job act. And if you're doing something off hours, which is affecting your job, that's a problem. He may not starve or torture himself. You can't go on uh, one of these diets that's gonna, you're gonna be weakened. Feed the food to his son because this is theft of the work of his employer. Since he'll be physically and mentally weakened, be unable to do the work for his employer with strength. Just as an employer is warned that he must not steal his employee's wages, nor may he delay paying them, just like the employee, the employer has laws, so too, says my Maimonides, the worker is warned that he may not steal the work of his employer and relax a little here and there. So Maimonides is saying very clearly, if you're, if you're working for someone, you're an employee, you have to be very careful with your time because you're being paid, let's say, like you said, an hour, hourly wage, whatever the case is. If so if you're being paid by the hour, if you spend 15 minutes on a phone call, you subtract that from your hour. Okay, if you spend 15 minutes shopping on, 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 online, going to, you know, surfing the internet, you need to make sure to write down the time because you're being paid by the hour. Um, that's stealing, he says, if you don't. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm just laughing. It happens all the time. Oh, good. Rather, he says, he's obligated to be exacting of himself <laughs> to work during the entire time allotted for working for working with his but full you strength. By the hour. Yes, I'm, no, that's not true. So you did? Some are, some are. The salary, then, that comes into a whole different thing. If you're an hourly worker, but yeah. salary some are somewhere but even the salary because salary is a different thing yeah. okay so see works later because they no tells you that I use some of your right. time and the like yeah but even if you're being salaried if you're a 9 to 5 employee if you have right and you spend half hour of your day surfing so that's a problem or playing solitaire would be okay I mean people really spend right. abuse it and great. then phone calls as you says what if your wife calls well all our staff has children well you know, if there is an emergency text or call, but otherwise, wait until yeah, the see, end of the day. I have a question on that front, which is not to get off topic, but a friend of mine, they have like 5,000 employees, and they did a study with a consultant 10 years ago because they were worried about internet time as it entered the workforce, and they said that um, they found that their employees were below 40% of their day, 4-0, and that that was an acceptable norm, that they should be happy. 40 and below. Wow. Forty of wasted time. Wasted yes. time on the internet. That was it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Michael. Yeah, I guess. It's probably only getting so he says, so, so how does the, where does the Rambam derive this law from? From this verse that we just read, from Yaakov Avinu. It says from Jacob, because he says, how do, you have to give, says Yaakov said to, to his wives, I gave my full strength, as he quotes the verse, with all of my strength I've worked for your father. We call kochi, is the Hebrew language. Right, so since Yaakov Avinu, when he was talking about his work to his father-in-law, he told his wife, I gave him full, your father, all my strength, so we find that, um, so he says, before he gets what he says, we see the concept, the work ethic is, you have to give all your strength to your employer. If you're a contractor for this job, then all your strength has to be given to your employer. Therefore, anything that will take away from, from that strength, for example, you're moonlighting or you're doing other things during that time, says that's, that's a violation of this. Of this. this my mind is codifies this in the laws of uh, labor laws. Okay? Even things that aren't on the, to- on the top. 
Yeah, he's saying there's two parts to it. One is saying not stealing, obviously, meaning not stealing time, but also your full strength, meaning your focus has to be work. When you're at work, you can't be, you know, let's say a guy says, listen, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a conference call, so I could be playing solitaire or I'm on a phone call, right? I do that uh, many times, right? I'm my own boss, I can do it. But I'm saying, if you're an employee, so that's a problem, right? You, you know, someone's calling me with their problems, so I can play solitaire, I, I can multitask, hear their marriage problem, and to play what he's also saying is if you work for flagship from 9 to 5, you can't go down and work for Exxon at, at 10 to mid, you if, know, If that morning. will affect your 9 to 5 no, job at flagship. If it affects it, then... Right, that's what he's saying. No. Because there's a law, because he's, cause Yaakov even said, the Kalkochi, when you're, when he's working, has to be, you're giving, you're giving it your all. Okay? So you're right, even if it's not hourly. It's hourly, it just comes to subtracting time. And, and what's interesting is he quotes another verse, Maramam says, and we see, so how do we know Yaakov did the right thing? Maybe he was a workaholic, and maybe, but how do we know he did the right thing? Says the Rambam, because the next verse, which I quoted there, verse 43, if you go back to the chart, says, and the man, later on in the parsha, says, and the man became, it's referring to Yaakov, became exceedingly wealthy, and he had prolific animals, made servants, man. So, so we see that he was blessed because of his work ethic, says the Rambam, um, the Ram says, even usually the reward is in the world to come. Says so the Ram, Yaakov was blessed in this world, he became wealthy, and in the world to come. Okay, so you see that he was rewarded for his work ethic. So you see that's the ideal, says the Ram. You see the work ethic of an employee has to be, he gives it his all. Okay, and then I quote from the number four, is the Masil Sisharim, which is a, a Musser book. Okay, he says, one who's hired by his friend for any sort of work, all his time is sold to his friend for that day. Any utilization of these hours for his personal benefit in any way is considered absolute theft. So he's saying, even though Musser is usually more about the ideal, the ethic, but he's saying this is, it's called that you're stealing. I mean, if you take a job and you utilize some of that time during, during work time for your personal, um, your personal hours, he says that's stealing. Even if one performs a mitzvah, he says, during his work, people think, well, listen, I'm helping out, you know, my, my wife. <coughs> Helping out uh, someone else, the Mitchell. Well, finding volunteers. Right, I'm doing making a shidduch, I'm setting someone up. Beautiful. Helping people out. Right, it's a mitzvah, so I can, you know, people rationalize so they can do that during their work time. So he says, even if it's a mitzvah, he says, um, he's not credited for your mitzvah. You don't get a mitzvah. It's called what we, we've discussed many times in the past. Mitzvah ababa there. It's a mitzvah that came through a sin. You're stealing. You can't do a mitzvah on someone else's time. It's very nice. But if you're working for someone else, you can't spend your time. Uh, you know, helping other people during their, during workouts. Okay, listen. If your job's a mitzvah, like your job, the job itself is a mitzvah. It's something else. Thank you. No, but it's also look. I I don't fall into this category because I walk around the clock all the time. No, but you're so the boss. Precisely. The boss, so we know, has to give call call The boss, of course, has to give all his strength. And That's exactly. The easy part. And and I. I think I the the harder it is for the employee to give. That's what we're saying. Yeah. The boss gives all the strength. Every boss gives it all strength. <laughs> right? That's the easy part. It's when you don't own the company and you're working for someone else. Am I obligated to do that? And that's what the Ram seems to be saying. Yes, the employee has to give it his full strength. I mean, when he's working, it's he's all work, no play. You know, that when you're the boss, it's easy to do. In a certain sense, maybe in your case, well, in that narrow case, it's non-profit. Yeah. <laughs> When you're making money, it's easy to do. Okay. It's like in that wonderful joke, uh, Jewish mother sending her son to the First World War, 
and she tells him, kill a little, rest a little, kill a little, rest a little. So work a little bit, do the shidas, <laughs> do it. So, uh, um, and we put, let's we, I brought the halacha, the rajba, the Rishon says, um, someone stole the spoon. He says, uh, an employee who works evenings can have a day job, that's what we quoted that again. Okay, so now, um, what's interesting is we find, so this is the other side of the coin, and when you get to, someone asked about industry norms, so this is where it comes in. So I found a fascinating halacha people are not, um, not aware of, because it's not relevant today, as we'll see. But the, the law is, there's two places in the Shulchan Aruch, two places in the Code of Jewish Law, that discuss what, how does, what happens if you're a religious person, and uh, let's say now that they change the clock. So Mincha, Mincha comes out during work, during the work day. So if, you know, if, when the sun goes down at 7, 8 o'clock, so you're home, you can go pray your Mincha whenever, you know, on your own time. But when the work day is, you work 9 to 5, and sunset is at 5, so you have to pray Mincha during work hours. So what do you do? So, so the Shulchan Aruch says, and the same question is, if, you eat, if you're eating, wash for bread, I gotta say grace after meals, I have to bench. So when, what do I do if I'm working? We just said you can't even, can't take off a second from your work. So what do I do? When do I pray Mincha? And when do I, so Shachras again, Shachras you can pray before work. Um, Arvit you can pray after work. Well, Mincha sometimes, as now in the winter, comes out smack in the middle of the work day. That's why the way it says, that's why it's the most important prayer. It's the hardest prayer. Because you gotta, if you're, even if you're an owner, you gotta take off. You gotta stop to making money to pray. So that's always the hardest feeling. Or even if you're an owner, if you're employee, the question then becomes a halachic question. What do I do? It's not my time. So Texas state law doesn't have a break for mincha. Right? Might have for coffee, but so what do you do? Right? So, so the halach is fascinatingly enough. There's a law in Shulchan Aruch, and I, I quoted only the second one because it's the same law repeated twice. That you, there's an abridged version version of all prayers. Something called Havinenu. The Gemara Brachot talks about um, Shmon Esra, as we know, is 18, 18 blessings. If you say them properly um, with real kavana, and you t- should take you a nice, uh, you know, 10, 10 to 12 minutes to pray your Shmones, right? So, so the problem is you're in the middle of your work day. So the so the, the, the halacha says that you're allowed to pray in a bridge version, sort of basically. Shabbat version. Right. So it's a it's a five minute version, a four minute version instead of the 12 minute version. Okay. And the same thing for Birchat Amazon. Birchat Amazon, even though it's a biblical it's a biblical obligation, it's a, the Torah says. When you eat, you have to say grace after meals. But there's four blessings in the grace after meals. Only three of them are really biblical. Um, so there's an abridged version of benching. Actually, it's good that I give it to people many times. Even people who are new to just start benching because you know, to sit and say a lot of those words, it's very long. So I, have a, I may not even have it in my wallet. I don't know if I have it. So basically, an abridged version. It's like four lines. And that's you fulfill your... It's a good business card marketing tool. Yeah, so it's an abridged version. Rabbi, did you hear Scott, what he just said? What? He just gave you a great no. Put it on the credit, on the business card. Right. Put it on the back of your card. Right. The problem is, you know, then everyone starts to, you know, I don't, not everyone should be able to say the abridged one. You got it? Yeah, yeah, I have this blessing. Put it on the back of a blessing. Right. So it's an abridged version. Um, and I'll do no, no. I have it. I actually have a bunch of them. Um, so of benching that the point is again it's said specifically for employees employees have no right to to spend time you know guys gonna say listen is you know i'm gonna start praying at 20 minutes and i have a right to to connect with god right so that's stealing again the halacha says you need to pray the abridged version 
you're not allowed to pray, pray the full virgin because you're stealing from your employee. You're still allowed to pray. Listen, I have to pray. Well, you're, just, you're still stealing. You're stealing less. No, so the point is the assumption is, and you'll see, and that's where we get into the question of what's the norm. Assumption is, listen, your employee's not a total idiot. He's not so mean. I can say you can't pray at all, but listen, you don't have to pray the 20 minutes you're Would that apply if they the had a service at their office? So obviously, if he's letting you have the service, no, but he tells you you can do it. Of course, you can. That's what we're going to talk about. Tells you, right, yeah, so look at look at that lacha. That's where that's where it's relevant. It says like this: Number six on the sheet. It says employees during work should abridge their grace after meals. This is the shochan talking, Cairo, um, in order not to use the time that belongs to the employer. Now he say he puts in. This is if they're getting paid for the lunch break. Again, if you have a lunch break, of course you got to pray the full version. You're not exempt. Meaning, if you have a lunch break that where you where he says, you know, you're off, you're off hours, so then of course you have to pray the full, <coughs> full version of Benji. We're saying if you're being paid for your lunch time, okay, meaning the assumption is, so, so again, where they didn't have an official break, this is your lunch hour. So you ate while you were on the job, which, right, which again, you're saying in Texas that would be illegal today, but assuming you ate, you're eating while you're on the job, so then he says you have to play, pray the abridged version of Benji, okay? Now, so, but then, this is the key point, he says, he says, nowadays, we make all four blessings, says the Shulchan Aruch. Since the custom is the employer is not particular, in the, in the amount of t- time it takes for benching, it's okay, no one's, no boss is so crazy that he's going to say you can't bench, you can't spend that three minutes benching in four minutes. So he's not particular, we can assume he hired him with the understanding that he will say, I skipped the word there, a yeah, typo, he will say the full grace after meals, okay? So, so again, this is where, where what Brian mentioned before. What's the industry norm? Meaning, if it's the norm is that the person doesn't care, you know, he understands, especially in Texas where everyone's very religious. Um, so the employer understands that you know people say grace after meals. So it's for an employer to to tell an employee you can't say grace after meals. I think it's the accepted norm, and that's what they're saying even in those times. This was written 600 years ago. It's the accepted norm that he's not so particular about the four minutes. So then you have to say the full version. Okay, and that's what he says. Nowadays, again, nowadays mean in his time, and this is in Jewish society. But I think the same would probably apply today. Um, if if you tell your boss you need to you need to spend five minutes praying, I think the assumption is he will be okay with it. So much so that I found the Aruch Hashochan, which is a a like a commentary on the Shochan Aruch, says um, he says even if the employer states he can't, he shouldn't make the blessing. You don't. I don't want you doing it in the workplace. You don't have to listen to him. Because if the prevailing custom is, and that's what you're saying, the industry norm is that everyone has a break and they, they, they let him say grace after meals. So you can't, you as a boss can't go against the industry norm. Okay, Halacha recognizes that. Something called the industry norm. So meaning if everyone allows coffee in their office and this boss says, I don't, I don't allow no coffee because the caffeine is... So what we're saying is Halacha, you can't do that. You can't go uh, against what's, what's accepted in, as an industry norm. Okay? Now, in an extreme case, obviously, someone is spending 60% of the time on the internet. That's, I don't think that would apply to that. I mean, it might be the industry norm, but that's a very sad <laughs> statement. That's why uh, our economy is, is, in the, is, in the, is, you know, is going down. I mean, but, but I'm saying, because we have no work ethic, what? David's not here to ask Yeah. Right, but the point is, meaning... So there is something, meaning halacha recognizes an industry norm, and we discuss this in other cases also. Meaning, again, it, it really boils down to the contract, meaning it's understood there are certain things that are assumed when you contract with an employee. Now, if, 
if there's something, if the industry norm is, this is assumed, X is assumed that you get an hour lunch break, or you're saying even in Texas it's mandated, but we're saying even, let's say, in a state where it's not mandated, or let's say it's mandated that the person obviously allowed, doesn't have to brown bag it at his, at, his, uh, at his desk. So then it would be prohibited for you as a boss to make such rules, is what we're saying. Because the boss can't make rules which go against the norm in the industry. So again, that would be a difference where, depending on a blue-collar job, would make a difference, maybe blue-collar, white-collar, because it's well, based on, on the type of job. Meaning construction work, construction right, jobs, the guy could say, you have, to, you have to brown bag it. The guys you get at the Home Depot, and you're yeah. paying them by the hour, they, they, they don't take lunch. I mean, the, you know, the industry's they don't get paid. Oh, okay, it takes 15 sure. minutes. I mean, they're working. Should well, I, I, uh-huh. I should, though. No, I'm sure they probably have lunch, but they're not allowed to... They're not allowed to, they don't get paid for them. That's what he's Again, state law, I, mean, I think you, he's I, saying mandates. No, I'm not saying, I'm saying just no, I, I, <laughs> Lydia said, I'm not saying state right. law. No, but Lydia anything. said that I'm state law you mandates. Go there and you pick up one of those guys, they're not expecting to get every four hours a 15 minute smoke break or an hour No, but break. if it's state law, then, they, then Home Depot has to do it. The illegal guys on the, I'm not saying they're oh, people. No, I'm you don't mean home depot. Oh, of course. To get in you they, mean they when you take the car. guy, you pick the guy up in right. the truck, which is illegal, to, to do your uh, to, to yard work or whatever right. it is. And oh, I'm just saying there's yeah. an industry standard. I no, but I'll those guys say, oh, No, but it's still, like he's saying, it's still <laughs> Majlach. You, I give the guy a lunch break and I give him money to go to Subway. You know, I always give him money, you know, tell him go down the box to Subway and get, pick up lunch and you pay him for the lunch too. Again, that's nice. Are you obligated to do that? That's a different question. I mean, if you, you're talking halachically, it could be it's illegal target. So that's all different stuff. I didn't know. I didn't understand what you meant when you said Home Depot. Oh, so you meant that's, the that's employees in Home Depot. Halachically, then, should you give them lunch? If the industry norm, again, if it's the norm, yes, I think that's the right thing to do. If you're going to be, ha- you can't make so a guy. We're going to get to that. You can't make a guy right work 12 hours straight. Well, that's the next halach. We're going to get to. Okay. So look. So that's again. So again, that is another thing. That that's dealing with FaceTime, meaning so the concept of FaceTime that an employer has a right to obligate you to be in your cubicle. Halachically, we're saying from Yaakov Avinu that and the Rambam, that's 100% fine. Meaning, you, meaning Google is not obligated to say or any employee. The employee can't say, well, listen, I'm being as productive from home as I am in the office. You can't make me come into the office. Of course not. Right? That's what we're saying from Yaakov. You see that. He could demand your all your full attention, whether it affects the morale, whatever, whatever excuse he, he can demand it. Now the other question is what's called busy work. I, I never heard this term until I was doing this class. I don't know if you're familiar with this term. Of course. That bosses, um, meaning even if the guy did his job, he's productive, but you you give him work, which basically just to make him look busy, so he shouldn't leave for the day. That's the right? government. <laughs> It's all forms, I came right? from the country. So, I mean, you tell the person, uh, call all the counts, right? So the guy finished what he's supposed to do. You pay him for an extra job, but you want to keep him busy, so you tell him, okay, now call these old accounts, even though they've been called already six times. There's no chance, <laughs> right? He's going to get those old accounts back on board or to pay, but you give him, you, you need to keep him busy. Okay, so that's called busy work. Okay, so the question is, is so, so, so fascinating. I found this disgusting halacha, where there's another verse, um, this when, when it, as we know, the Torah discusses slavery. In those cultures, slavery was was done, even though the Torah, of course, we're not going to get into the whole concept. It was, it was a different concept of slavery. It wasn't like the movie Roots, where basically the slavery then was indentured servants, meaning it was people that couldn't, that can't, um, couldn't pay their bills. So there was no concept of bankruptcy then. So in order to pay, you, you, they'd be sold as a slave. They'd sell themselves, or the the person they owe the money, they would work for him. 
as a slave, quote-unquote, to speak, so to speak, but they were treated very well. And the Torah discusses how you have to treat them. The fascinating laws, I'm not going to get into now, amongst them is a slave has to be treated equal to you, to the employer, to the master. That means if you're having filet mignon for dinner, Halacha says you have to serve your slave filet mignon for dinner. Okay, as a matter of fact, so much so, that if you don't, if you only have one piece of filet mignon, you can't eat it yourself because that would be a violation of the law because you don't have to feed your servant. So it says, but you're not going to be a, a mean person and throw it out. So you have to give it to your slave. Allah, when you eat, you're having a burger and he's having filet mignon. That's, that's parenthetical, but the point is, in the, in the laws there, the Torah says, look at the bottom here, it's quoted in Vayikra, so it says, Ki av- Hashem is talking, and he says, Ki the box at the bottom of the page, Ki you are my servants, Hashem, it says he also married to that I took you out of Egypt, so you're servants to me, Hashem says, Lo yumachrum keres evet, you shouldn't sell a fellow Jew as a slave, and then he says, Lo sir de befarach, and it's prohibited to work them befarach, parach means with extreme um, work. Okay? The erase Malakach and you shall fear your God. And they discuss um, it's in the context again of slavery. If you look at the interpretation, um, what does it mean? If you look turn the page it says they are servants. Uh, this is the Torah Khanim speaking, interpreting the verse. It says they are my servants and not servants to other servants. Meaning it's prohibited to have to have a, to sell a Jew as a slave because God says you're my slaves. I took you out of Egypt. So you're now in servitude to me so to speak. You have to observe the mitzvot. And therefore, you can't treat someone else as a slave. Um, so what's interesting is, so that says, what about if you have an indentured servant? So what it's referring to, the, the Torah Kodim says, is you cannot tell him to warm a cup that you don't need. Let's say you, you, uh, you don't need this cup, but you want to keep him, again, busy work. So you say, warm up this cup. Or say to him, cool this cup when you don't need it. Or go on hoeing under the street until I come back. So you have to leave. You want to keep the guy busy. You don't want him just sitting there and playing solitaire. So you're leaving the office. You tell the guy, you know, do this, you know, do this for me. Please go through this file. Proofread this for me. To give him 12 pages of report, which you're never going to look at. Do me a favor and proofread this. Uh, you just want to make sure the guy is not doing playing solitaire. Or going on the internet, speaking to his girlfriend, whatever it is. Facebook. Okay, so, so the Torah's Codem says that's prohibited to do to a slave. Even to a slave. Now the Torah's Codem is only addressing slavery. But what I found is... What about in a work environment? Does this apply? So there's actually, a, I found two opinions. Fascinating. The, the Sefer HaChinuch says, he says that it's midut chasidus. It's not nice. It's, it's a, what he calls, um, it's a pious thing not to do that to your employee also. But technically, he's your employee. So you can tell him to do whatever he wants. So if you tell him, proofread this 100-page document, because you want to keep him busy. So even though it's worthless work, just busy work, you're allowed to do that as an employee. But it's not, a, he says it's not pious to do that. It's not the right thing to do, but you're legally you're allowed. Second opinion, Maram Rimberg says, no, just as, if you're not allowed to do it to a slave, he says, surely you can't do it to your employee. It's before, he's what's called a kavachom. Maram Rimberg was who lived in the uh, 1100s. He says, it's prohibited to do what the Torah says, avodat parach, this concept of giving him just work for nothing, for no reason, is prohibited to do it to an employee. He says it's halachic. It's fascinating, you see this concept of just making an employee do stuff for no reason would be prohibited according to this. Um, so I put down on the, back, on the bottom here, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal a long time ago, just uh, what's meaning that they, what they did was this woman t- confessed that it doesn't work. Forcing your employees to do stuff, which, uh, you know, just for productivity purposes doesn't work. So she has a whole list of things. If you want to look productive, this is what you should do. If you want to give this out to your employees. Um, but it's fascinating that this, this concept of there's, there are limitations to what you can do as a boss. So even though we're saying the employee, the employee has to be completely 
given over to, to you know to the employer but there's still limitations of what you can do as an as an as a boss and you can't just make them do things for no reason so it's important to know that. and like we said you have to also be able to keep the industry standard you can't impose restrictions on them which are not um, the accepted norms so have fun with your employees yes Thank you.